0: Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 10, Episode 8, Shikoku and Kyushu As I recounted at the very beginning of this podcast, modern Japan is an archipelago composed of over 14,000 islands. The largest of these islands naturally became the places where most of the action happened. Thus far this season, we have focused primarily on the island of Honshu, which makes sense because the imperial court and the bakufu were both located in the region of Kansai on that main island. To begin this episode, however, we are going to focus on the island of Shikoku, whose name means Four Provinces. The names of those four provinces are Tosa, Sanuki, Iyo, and Awa. What had been happening in these provinces before Hideyoshi launched an invasion from nearby Kansai? You may recall that last season we discussed the adventures of Choso Kabe Kunichika, who had pursued an aggressive course against the dominant Motoyama clan of Tosa province in 1560. Only to fall ill and later pass away on the cusp of triumph. His son Chosokabe Motochika would, in 1562, accept the surrender of the Motoyama clan and finalize his late father's conquest over the western portion of Tosa province. However, the Chosokabe were still acting as a subordinate arm of the Ichijo clan, who were the official masters of Tosa province. Chosokabe Motochika was a clever and politically minded daimyo who spent the next several years securing the loyalty of other samurai families throughout Tosa province. Eastern Tosa was effectively controlled by the Aki clan, but through careful maneuvering, Chosokabe Motochika was able to raise a considerable force, perhaps 9,000 strong, to march against the Aki clan in 1569. He was especially careful throughout this time to still appear loyal to the Ichijō clan. By 1573, it was clear that there was an opportunity to be seized in opposing the Ichijō clan. The daimyo of this once-powerful clan of Shikoku was named Ichijō Kanesada, a hot-tempered and short-sighted leader who ordered the execution of one of his retainers because of a false accusation which caused a powerful coalition of other clan retainers to swiftly turn against him and force his early retirement. The next year, 1574, he fled to Bungo province on eastern Kyushu, seeking shelter with the Otomo clan. In Kanesada's absence, the retainers and vassals of the Ichijo clan split into two factions and descended into open conflict. This quarreling gave Chōsōkabe Motōchika exactly the pretense he needed to invade Tōsā province on the ground that he was opposing a rebellion. In fairly short order, the Chōsōkabe suppressed the small armies that coalesced around various retainers, captured or killed those who refused to comply, and were in effective control over most of Tōsā province. Sensing an opportunity to expand their own domains by proxy, the Otomo clan planned an invasion of Tosa province with Ichijo Kanesada at its helm. However, the Chosokabe had a secret weapon which had been originally conceived either by Motochika's father Kunichika or one of his father's retainers. The farmers who lived under Chosokabe rule were armed and trained as warriors on the condition that they fight on the Chosokabe daimyo's behalf whenever he called upon them. These farmer warriors were called the Ichiryo Gusoku, and although they had originally been formed by the generation before him, it was Chosokabe Motochika who would make full use of them. In 1575, Ichijō Kanesada returned to Tosa province, using a castle near the Shimanto River as a headquarters. This was not a terrible choice for a base as its proximity to the river made it very defensible. As the regional clans, most of them former Ichijō vassals and retainers, gradually swore allegiance to Kanesada, he called upon them to raise an army which he could use to drive out the upstart Chosokabe. However, the process of gathering such an army was very slow for Kanesada, whereas Chosokabe Motochika quickly called upon the Ichiryo Gusoku, who augmented his samurai troops and swelled his numbers quickly to over 7,000 warriors. Kanesada had managed to gather perhaps 3,000. The Ōtomo and Ichijo were not doomed just yet because their position was still very secure. They took appropriate measures to harden their fortifications, including installing stakes in the Shimanto riverbed to prevent enemy cavalry from charging through the river. When the large Chosokabe army arrived, swelled with farmer warriors and veterans of recent campaigns the Ichijo and their allies took positions far back from their side of the riverbank, hoping to punish charging infantry with arquebus fire in a manner similar to Nobunaga's own tactic at Nagashino. Taking full advantage of their superior numbers, the Chosokabe dispatched a division of cavalry to travel upstream and find a place to ford in order to flank the defenders. The coalition fighting for the Ichijo panicked, and lacking a proper chain of command, the individual commanders each opted whether to try and counter the incoming flank, charge the enemy on the far shore, or abandon the field entirely. Predictably, the supporters of Ichijo Kanesada were soon enveloped in chaos as the Chōsokabe called for an infantry charge across the river and the various warbands facing them acted with complete disunity. The result was an overwhelming victory for the Chosokabe, who lost very few warriors, and a catastrophic defeat for the Ichijo and their allies, who were either killed as they were overwhelmed by Chosokabe warriors, or fled at the first sign of danger. Ichijo Kanesada himself managed to escape, and later converted to Christianity, taking the name Don Paolo after his baptism. He would never return to Tosa province, and historians generally blame him for the dissolution of the Ichijō clan. With the Ichijō and their Ōtomo supporters driven out of Tosa, the Chōsōkabe now had the province to themselves. Turning to the north, Chōsōkabe Motochika proceeded to pursue designs of conquest against Iyo province, which was controlled by the Kono clan. The political power in that province had been greatly weakened when the Utsunomiya clan had pushed the Kono out of power, only to have them later restored with the support of the Mori clan. Unfortunately for the Kono, the Mori were far too busy preparing for war against Nobunaga in the latter 1570s to be counted upon for help against aggressive southern neighbors. To their credit, the Kono clan managed to hold out for several years against Chosokabe aggression and even won a minor victory over them at the Battle of Mimaomote in 1579. This triumph was short-lived as the Chosokabe returned with an army 30,000 strong the following year, and the leaders of the Kono clan opted to flee to Bungo province on Kyushu, sheltering with the Otomo clan like Ichijo Kanesada before them. The Otomo had problems of their own by this point, however, and made no plans to try and restore the Kono clan. Thus, two provinces were now under Chosokabe Motochika's control, and before long all of Shikoku would fall under his authority. He next invaded Awa province in southeastern Shikoku, defeating the Miyoshi clan at the Battle of Nakatomi, in which Motochika enjoyed a 4-1 to numerical advantage. The following year, 1583, the Chosokabe invaded Sanuki province, the last of the four provinces of Shikoku, located on the northeast of the island. When the Chosokabe won a victory at the Siege of Hiketa Castle, the entire island essentially fell under their control. Uniting Shikoku under the rule of a single clan was an impressive accomplishment, and it brought the Chosokabe onto the radar of some powerful daimyo of Kansai. In 1580, while the clan's influence was still growing, Oda Nobunaga had corresponded with Chosokabe Motochika requesting his submission. Motochika had refused which gave Nobunaga the just cause for the invasion of Shikoku which he had been planning, but which had not yet begun when he was assassinated. The castellan of Hiketa Castle in Sanuki province whom the Chosokabe had defeated was a samurai known as Sengoku Hidehisa, whose family name used different kanji than those used in the phrase Sengoku-jidai. Hidehisa was a retainer of Hashiba Hideyoshi, who was still occupied in 1584 and early 1585 with the Battle of Komaki Nagakute. Now that Tokugawa Ieyasu had been placated and the status quo roughly returned to normal, the Chosokabe clan undeniably had Hideyoshi's attention. One of the Chosokabe's primary advantages when fighting their neighbors on Shikoku was their ability to field very large armies sometimes in a very short time thanks to their farmer warrior conscription system. However. Hideyoshi was also able to field very massive armies, and he now had more than a few allies nursing grudges against the new lords of Shikoku. In spite of any misgivings that they did not destroy Hideyoshi when they had the chance, the Mori clan was only too happy to assist with the upcoming invasion, eager to avenge their allies, the Kono. The total size of Hideyoshi's forces which invaded Shikoku was an impressive 113,000 troops. These were obviously divided into smaller armies, though perhaps not as much smaller as one might imagine. His brother Hashiba Hidenaga and nephew Hidetsugu commanded a total of 60,000, and the Mori clan commanded about 30,000. The reaction from the Chosokabe clan retainers was an almost unanimous plea for Motochika to surrender. He refused initially, perhaps believing that his troops really were superior to the masses of warriors flooding into Shikoku from Kansai and Chugoku. If he hoped to initiate some kind of guerrilla campaign, however, he was out of luck. While the interior of Shikoku is quite mountainous and full of difficult terrain, food on the island was extremely limited outside of the castle towns and market network, which ensured sufficient distribution. Hideyoshi's armies arrived in June of 1585 and swept across the island of Shikoku, defeating the Chosokabe forces with ease in one engagement after another. By August, Hideyoshi's forces commanded by Hidenaga were besieging Ichinomiya Castle and had successfully cut off its water supply. When the castle surrendered, Chosokabe Motochika likewise offered his full submission. Hashiba Hideyoshi's treatment of surrendered enemies is one particular area in which he differed starkly from his predecessor, Nobunaga. It is hard for me to imagine Nobunaga accepting Tokugawa Ieyasu's submission after the Battle of Komaki Nagakute, and frankly I think that if he had lived long enough to command the invasion of Shikoku, Nobunaga would have utterly crushed the Chosokabe to the last family member. This merciless slaughter of enemies was Nobunaga's way, but it was not the way of Hideyoshi. The imperial regent instead chose to show his enemies mercy, though not without significantly humbling them. He reduced Chosokabe Motochika's domain to Tosa province alone, and Motochika agreed to assist in the next great unifying excursion, the invasion of Kyushu. 1585 was a big year for Hashiba Hideyoshi, Not only did he conclude a beneficial peace with Tokugawa Ieyasu and forcibly bring Shikoku under his influence, he was also granted yet another surname. This time, I promise, is the last time. This name was a gift from the imperial court in recognition of Hideyoshi's service as chancellor and emperor's regent. From this point on, he was known as Toyotomi Hideyoshi, which is the name he is best known by and the name which I will use for him from this point forward his own name change trickled down to his direct relatives, who became known as the Toyotomi clan. His brother and nephews would be allowed to use the Toyotomi name, but in spite of his official adoption by a prominent branch of the Fujiwara clan, his birth as a commoner still made him ineligible for the office of shogun, which was supposed to be held by a descendant of Minamoto stock. For now, let's move on to the invasion of Kyushu. A critical factor in understanding Kyushu's relationship to the rest of Japan during Sengoku Jidai and the Azuchimomoyama period is the extent of Roman Catholicism's influence there. I've already mentioned that some of Toyotomi Hideyoshi's own retainers had converted to Christianity, especially Takayama Shigetomo, but for the most part, this foreign religion had not penetrated most of Japan proper. Because of Kyushu's location, however, it was heavily visited by European traders, who often brought missionaries along. The Ōtomo clan, whom we've discussed briefly already, had not only encouraged Christian missionary activity in their home province of Bungo, but their daimyo otomo Sorin had converted to Christianity. While historians still debate how much of this conversion was a matter of conscience and how much was political convenience, the province of Bungo became home to one of the largest concentrations of Christians on the entire island of Kyushu as a result. While this did mean increased trade from European merchants who brought guns and exotic goods, it also earned them the enmity of some powerful neighbors who used religion as a just cause for making war. The Shimazu clan of Satsuma province especially tried to brand themselves as champions of Buddhism against this new foreign religion and made war against the Otomo. While it is tempting to cast the Christians of Kyushu in the role of misunderstood and persecuted minority, it is worth remembering that the form of Christianity which came to Japan was extremely militant Roman Catholicism, which was still reeling from the aftershocks of the Protestant Reformation in Europe. Japanese converts were known to vandalize Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines, and in some cases smashed statues, burned religious buildings, and generally made a nuisance of themselves. I want to be clear that I am not attempting to justify the persecution they would later face, so much as I want to place into context the impending reaction from central authorities in this time period and beyond. You may recall from Season 7 that the Shimazu clan of Kyushu was founded by an illegitimate son of Minamoto Yoritomo. Nestled securely in Satsuma province in the south, the Shimazu had managed to expand their influence over much of southern Kyushu through warfare and conquest. Throughout the 1570s and 80s, the Shimazu military machine tackled its enemies with relative ease. The daimyo of the Shimazu since 1566 was Shimazu Yoshihisa, who was fortunate enough to take the clan's helm while having three brothers to lead his armies. They coordinated with one another, and thus were often able to catch their enemies in clever traps with false retreats and surprise pincer maneuvers. For many powerful clans, having the military in the hands of the daimyo's brothers was a recipe for a succession dispute and multi-party civil war. Shimazu Yoshihisa managed to keep his clan together and focus their efforts against their rival clans throughout the island. Unlike the island of Shikoku, whose population was relatively sparse, Kyushu boasted a large, robust population enriched by foreign trade, and not dependent upon Honshu for their grain deficits. As the Shimazu grew in power, they gradually recruited more and more warriors until by 1581, they were fielding as many as 115,000 soldiers. By 1584, they had defeated the Ito and Ryuzoji clans, annexing their territories. Although they had also handed the Ōtomo a resounding defeat at the Battle of Mimi River, making heavy use of false retreats and ambushes, the Ōtomo were still in control of Bungo province in eastern Kyushu. Every other province, however, Hizen, Chikugo, Osumi, Chikuzen, Higo, Hyuga, and Satsuma was largely controlled and administered by the Shimazu clan by the mid-1580s. The Ōtomo had absorbed many of the former vassals and retainers of their fellow Kyushu clans, but the long-term outlook was obviously very bad. Thus they prepared a delegation which departed for Hideyoshi's court in order to beg his assistance on the western island. Toyotomi Hideyoshi was said to have been very impressed by this delegation, though it's difficult to say whether this is true. Having just pacified Shikoku and brought it into his sphere of influence, he was actively looking for a just cause for doing the same to Kyushu. Considering Kyushu's population, allowing the island to be unified under a single clan was a risk that Hideyoshi wasn't willing to take. He wrote a letter to Shimazu Yoshihisa demanding that he return the land he had illegally annexed in an unauthorized war. Yoshihisa balked at this demand, and in his reply he claimed that he had acted as a defender in the wars that had enriched his clan. Hideyoshi ignored these claims, which were probably false, and prepared his forces for a massive invasion of Kyushu. The Mori clan was happy to help in this endeavor as they had lost much of their territory in northern Kyushu to Shimazu aggression. As part of a last-ditch effort to defend the island, in 1586 the Shimazu forces attempted to capture Tachibana-yama castle, which was fittingly under the control of the Tachibana clan. Side note, this was not the same kin group as the Tachibana from the Heian period, but a Sengoku clan who took the Tachibana name. Tachibana-yama was a strategically important castle which overlooked Hakada Bay. While seizing it would not have necessarily ensured that Hideyoshi would be repulsed, failing to do so ensured that the coming struggle would be difficult. Unfortunately for the Shimazu, the Tachibana held the castle against their repeated assault attempts, and they were forced to withdraw. They managed to seize several other castles, however, which helped shore up their defensibility. The earliest phases of Hideyoshi's Kyushu campaign was spearheaded by his new friends and subordinates, the Chosokabe clan. Chosokabe Motochika himself brought the clan army to Bungo province and linked with the Otomo clan, previously their sworn enemies. Although they were acting as Hideyoshi's vanguard, the Chosokabe were instructed only to aid in defensive efforts until a larger army could be brought to bear against the Shimazu. Toshimitsu Castle in northern Bungo Province was under siege from Shimazu forces. Acting against Hideyoshi's defensive directive, Choso Kabemoto and his generals took their army of around 20,000 on the march to relieve Toshimitsu. On paper, this made sense as the Shimazu force assaulting the castle was probably a little over half that number, being 13,000 at most. However, when the Chosokabe arrived at Toshimitsu Castle, the siege had just concluded, and Shimazu clan banners hung from its walls. Motochika wanted to withdraw, but his generals insisted that they still had the numerical advantage, and should therefore stay and fight. Unfortunately for the Chosokabe, this was exactly what the Shimazu wanted. As the Chosokabe formed a battle line across the Hetsugi River, Shimazu forces from within Toshimitsu Castle sallied forth and likewise formed up. The right wing of the Shimazu force charged across the river and attacked the Chosokabe, whose line held against this assault. The Shimazu retreated and the Chosokabe left wing pursued and fell into the trap. As they chased the retreating Shimazu, the Chosokabe came under fire from arquebusiers and archers alike, who were hidden in a nearby brush. The Chosokabe left wing, panicked from the ambush, quickly routed, and panic further spread throughout the Chosokabe army. The Shimazu attacked again, and the Chosokabe fled. Motochika survived the battle, but his son Nobuchika was killed, along with several high-ranking retainers. The Battle of Hetsugi River was a truly inauspicious beginning for the invasion of Shikoku. While this early victory may have been good for Shimazu clan morale, Toyotomi Hideyoshi had no intention of leaving the success of this campaign in the hands of fate. As his forces gradually began to arrive with their full numbers near the beginning of 1587, their ranks dwarfed even the impressive numbers fielded by the Shimazu. Hideyoshi's army was altogether around 200,000 troops with secure supply lines and local assistance. His brother and chief lieutenant Toyotomi Hidenaga led a massive army through Bungo province, sweeping through much of eastern Kyushu as they fought, besieged, and triumphed over Shimazu forces there. Hideyoshi himself landed in the north and conquered his way down the western coast, sweeping away resistance and winning many battles quite handily. The entire campaign eventually culminated in an impending siege of Kagoshima in Satsuma province. This stronghold was the headquarters of the Shimazu clan, and it was thanks to the assistance of some local monks that Hideyoshi's army was able to navigate through some volcanic valleys and arrive at an unexpected side of the castle. Seeing that further resistance was useless, Shimazu Yoshihisa offered surrender before Hideyoshi's siege lines were fully set up. The Kampaku happily accepted his submission and granted him permission to rule Satsuma province while he doled out the rest of Kyushu to loyal subordinates and supporters. Thus ended the Kyushu campaign. In late 1587, Toyotomi Hideyoshi issued a surprising edict for reasons which remain a matter of debate to this day. This particular order is known as the Expulsion Edict and it essentially called for Christian missionaries to be expelled outright from Japan. We will discuss the possible causes of this action in the next episode, as well as other broader aspects of Hideyoshi's reign. For now, however, it's enough to note that this action was extremely unusual, and almost seems out of character for the Kampaku. The public image that Hideyoshi preferred to project was one of a benevolent ruler of happy subjects. However, the reality was that he was the leader of a paramilitary organization which had control of the Japanese state. Regardless of his own humble origins, peasants and lower-ranking commoners were absolutely not permitted to disobey the orders of those above them. Oda Nobunaga had spent a lot of time suppressing and exterminating the ikko-iki, and the wording of the expulsion edict claims that Toyotomi Hideyoshi feared that his Christian subjects would eventually be just as troublesome. Next time, we will take a break from the battles and sieges to explore the civic side of Toyotomi Hideyoshi and see how his own innovative policies shaped Japanese society for the next 300 years and beyond. Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com/slash a history of Japan.